And we're going to be continuing in our series on the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of connection. And today, we're speaking about kindness. Kindness. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the nine fruits of the Spirit we're looking at in September and October. We can't define these qualities from ourselves or just from a human perspective. We need to go from God to then see what he's like, to then understand how he wishes us to emanate these fruits. We can't simply manufacture them. We need to receive them in our soul and heart from the Lord. So today I want to look at Titus chapter 3, reading from verse 3. Once we too were foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy and we hated each other. But when our God and Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Amen. That's Titus chapter 3, uh, verses 3 through 7, for those watching and listening online. What is it that motivated us? What motiv- motivated God to step into our situation? It's kindness. His mercy. He didn't need to. He didn't have to. His love that motivated him to step from heaven, to come to this earth, to die, to rise again, to then ascend to heaven, and, re- and then even now, 2,000 years later, reach out to humanity. It's his kindness. He didn't have to. He wanted to. I remember years ago, I was in Cambridge, and there was a, a time when I was going to a work lunch, and I was going to be a little bit late, so I was in the best of moods. <laughs> and uh, I was running down the street on one of the main high streets in Cambridge, and a homeless lady came to me and said, can you help me? And I said, I'm sorry, I've got to go. But as I took a few steps away from her, I felt the Spirit say to me, go back and help her. So I went back and uh, I said, I'm so sorry for walking past you. I've got just a few pounds. Here you go. And I said, look, tell me what's going on with you right now. What's happening in your life? How did you get to this point? Just giving her that time of day that she deserved. And she said, well, I've been homeless for quite a while. I've been living on the streets, but because it's the summer, I can't get any accommodation. So I'm kind of out here and... It just rained and she looked really soaking wet and miserable and just looked really fed up. And I was, I was really moved. I knew that the Lord had told me to go back and help her. So I said to her, you know, in the midst of this, she was talking about two things that are wrong in her body. She said, I've got a lot of pain in my foot because it's swollen from infection. And also my lungs, I have COPD, which is like a lung condition, lung damage. So I say to her, I would love to pray for you. I believe God's going to heal you. And God actually told me to stop and talk to you. And I apologize for being a little bit short with her just a few moments before. And she said, it's okay. So I'm praying for her foot. 
And this is for the glory of God to share this, not, not my ministry or my fame, but for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. I get down and I say, I pray in the way I often do, in the name of Jesus, I command this infection to leave your body. I command the swelling to go down. And it did, visibly. And it was, because the swelling was so much before, she couldn't put her shoe on. So it was flat at the back. And then she put her finger in, pulled it round, and it fit right into the shoe. Praise God. And she starts to get a little bit worried at this point, because it's not very normal for man. And it's okay, it's because God loves you, he's kind, he cares for you, he told me to talk to you. So she calms down. I say, now tell me about your lungs. He says, well, when I breathe in, it gets so far and it aches in a certain nodule in her lung. So I say, I'll pray. I pray once, nothing happens. Pray twice, nothing happens. She says, it's okay, thanks for trying. And I'm thinking, I'm not giving up on this one. So I say, in the name of Jesus, I get a bit bold. I say, in the name of Jesus, I command this to leave the body right now. And she goes, oh, and she says, it, she says to me, she felt it leave her body. It. Spirit of infirmity, all the disease, whatever. So she's like crying. She's like had two incredible things happen to her on the spot. And I'm just on my way. To, I'm late, really late now. <laughs> right? And uh, anyway, I, I then kind of walk quite quickly away, I said to her two things. I said, in the midst of sharing about the gospel in Jesus, I said, I said, uh, go back to that church that you were part of, because she'd mentioned she'd part, been part of a church, and please stop smoking. That was a word of knowledge I had. And she goes, okay, I'll do these two things. And then I run down the street, and she's walking the same way, and she shouts down the street, my foot's still better, because we've been talking about the lung for the last five minutes. But she'd forgotten that five minutes ago, God just healed her foot. And then she takes a step forward at last. And she's like, whoa. Because before, it would, it would frozen in a shape like this. And now she can actually move it. Praise God. That's not because I'm, yeah, come on, praise God. But I had to tell her in the midst that it's because God cares. Why did God say go back? Why did God do... Why does God do anything? It's because he's kind, because he's good. It should be the motiva- motivation. But it says in this scripture, and we're going to keep this up, we were misled, we were slaves. We, you, you know, we had all kinds of behaviors that were within us through our sinful nature. But Jesus, through faith in him, through what he's done, which is now available by the Spirit, he has changed us. These things are on the top lines here, should not be in our life anymore. We're free from those things. We're not free to sin, we're free from sin. We were lost. You know, maybe there's the prodigal son story, isn't there? And the, the father in the story, it has to reconcile the two sons. The one who's out there in the world, who's lost, and the one who's in religion, one who's in the house, representing the Pharisees, of course, in the story. And the moral is that both need saving. And here's the scripture, not because of the things we had done, but because of his mercy. Because of his mercy. I was watching a clip at the weekend from Les Miserables. I watched this clip that someone recommended a while ago, and it's the bishop, and he welcomes 
the main character in, it's Hugh Jackman in the film, I don't know what his name is, but anyway, he comes into the, his house, and Hugh Jackman is a thief, he's on the run, he's a criminal, and he's got one last chance, if he commits any more crimes, he's going to be in prison for the rest of his life. And this priest invites him to come in his house, to have dinner with him, to eat with him, and as he goes down to sleep, he can't sleep, he sees all of these expensive items in the bishop's palace. So he takes all of the silverware and the different pots and the gold and silver things and he runs down the street and he runs out of there. But then the police catch him and they bring him back to the palace and said, we've caught him. He said, we caught him stealing these items from you. But he said that you gave them to him. And the priest says, oh yes, I did actually give them to him. But my friend, you left so early here here are the items you forgot, and gives them even more things. And it's an amazing, you know, amazing scene, and I look forward to watching the whole film. So here's the thing. Mercy is not getting what you deserve, punishment, but then he gives you grace as well. Then he gives you beyond. So it's, it's both, and we, through Jesus Christ, we receive grace and mercy. Amen. We don't claim to be perfect, but when we encounter the perfection of God, his perfect ways, his kindness leads us to what? Anyone know the scripture? Romans 2? Kindness leads to repentance. Same Greek word, kindness. Sometimes it will say goodness in your Bible, but it's, it's definitely the same word. So here's the question. If we didn't deserve it, and Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, why do we sometimes have judgmental attitudes towards others? Because it's the opposite of what we should be like. Think about the woman caught in the act of adultery. Jesus steps in. He stands between her and her punishment. But speaks to those who have stones in their hands about to stone her. And he says, let he is without sin. You cast the first stone and none of them can. Because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus is perfect. Jesus is the God-man. Jesus had never sinned. And he comes to her and says, who here condemns you? No one, sir. Neither do I. But go and sin no more. That's what Jesus does. We can pick up the stones, can't we? Online. Right? You see something you don't like on Facebook or YouTube? You get in on those comments? Throwing a few stones. It's no good. Why are we? Christians are the worst, it seems, when I look on the comments. Someone says something slightly off or slightly, you know, and all of a sudden the Christian Twitter mob are in. Ridiculous, eh? We're called to be kind. We're called to reflect the kindness of God. You know, we have so many strange role models in our society, in our time. But I have to remind myself of this is who God's called us to be. This is the type of behavior he's called us to model. And it's not like the world. It's not like, you know, I hope they get it. I hope they get what they deserve. Because we didn't get what we deserve. Amen. And we're so quick to pick up those stones. There's so many people through, throughout the centuries in the church who have been so known for their love and their kindness. Even the early church didn't retaliate to violent persecution. 
They didn't retaliate. Moving through the centuries, they took babies out of the dumpsters that the Romans didn't want anymore, and they raised them as their own. Brother Andrew died at 94, started Open Doors Charities to help the persecuted church, but he would drive Bibles into communist Russia and support the church there. That's kindness. That's a role model. Amen? Remember the saints of our history. What do you want to be remembered as? Do you want to be remembered as kind? Do you want to be remembered as someone who made a difference? doesn't mean you don't have boundaries. doesn't mean you never say no. That's where we can get confused sometimes. But the motivation of our heart, the fruit of the Spirit living in us, should be kindness and, of course, all of the fruits as well. Making an impact in the world. But it's the Spirit that transforms us. As you can see from the Scripture here, it's because we were born again of the Spirit. We're transformed, sanctified, changed. Brother Sam, I can't change myself, but the Spirit can change you. Amen. The Spirit can, can transform you, and he does a work in you over the years to change you into who you need to be. Amen. The Spirit is the one who does it. The Spirit is the one who transforms us. It's the Spirit that's within us when we're born again of God's Spirit that transform, continues to transform us, to wash us, to cleanse us. And to allow us to bear the fruit of kindness and all of the fruit of the Spirit. But the question is, how closely are you walking with him, brothers and sisters? Like, How closely are you really walking with him? Because it does show in your everyday life. If you've got things in your mind, in your heart, in your soul that don't need to be there. He can deal with those things. Or are you in the faith at all? You know, there's maybe people here today or, or listening that realize, you know what? I really don't have Jesus in my heart. I don't know his spirit. I don't, I don't understand this. He wants to come make his home inside of you. This is why he came. This is why when the kindness of our Savior came, he revealed us. He revealed his love and his kindness And it's not because of the righteous things we had done. Forget that. Righteous things are great. We're called to do great works. Amen. But that's not what saves us. We're saved through the grace of God. But by grace you've been saved. Through faith. Not of works. Lest anyone should boast. For we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. For which he predestined in advance. Wow. And that is what you're called to. Maybe you don't know him. Maybe you've come today and you think, wow, I just want to find out a bit more about Christianity or if you're listening online. He wants to do a work in you. Amen. He wants to shine through you in these dark times. Amen. He wants the light that's on you to increase in those times. Because things are going to get tough. I'm not being pessimistic. They are going to get tough. And you're going to be tempted to grow cold in your love and your kindness in these things. And to just withdraw. I walk past people in the street. I feel like less people say hello back to me now than ever before. People don't let you out in the car. You know, when you, do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, there's a shift in society. It's grown a little bit colder. And we can be tempted to go with that. But we have a choice. 
we have a choice to continue to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. I encourage you to do that. It takes time and effort and connection with God. That's your side of it. But it's the Holy Spirit's role, if you let him, to transform you into the image of Christ. Amen. Shall we stand just as we conclude this time? Jesus. For those who don't know him today, I invite you to call on his name. You could take this scripture today as a prayer to God and say, thank you that you, God, you are my savior. Jesus, you're my savior. And you have revealed your kindness and love and saved us, not because of the righteous things I've done, but because of your mercy. I know that through faith in you, you wash away my sins. You give me a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit, who you generously pour upon me through faith in Jesus. Lord, I thank you that because of your grace, you've made us right in your sight, and you give us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. You can know that assurance of salvation by calling on the name of Jesus. By turning from sin and turning to him. Calling on his name. Knowing that he will receive you. That his cross, that his death was enough to pay And not only that, to wash. Not only that, but to defeat dark and evil things that come against you and tempt you. And his resurrection sealed the promise. And now he stands in victory, calling to you. Calling to you now, dear child. Say, come to me. For those who haven't done that, I encourage you to do that as soon as possible, to call on his name, to repent, to tu- that means to turn away, and to turn fully to Jesus and believe in his death and resurrection. And when you believe, when you call and when you believe, you will receive God's spirit. God will not simply save you from your sin and then leave you He will go with you every day of your life and into eternity. And so as we conclude this time, Lord, we just thank you for your presence that's here. I pray, Lord, let us walk closely with you, Lord, and bear your fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for being with us today.